Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah, DJ Clue, DJ Clue, Death the Storm, Storm, The Rock, The Rock, The Rock. This shit right here, this shit right here. The Rock Army, Dame Dash presents, presents the Dream Team niggas, Dream Team niggas. Word, word. What's up, y'all? Yo, this is Dame Dash, the CEO from Pop. Here to welcome y'all to the Dream Team. What y'all niggas thought I was going to rap? Never. I'm just a little mad at niggas coming at my neck like my teammate, the best in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like we ain't got B, Cam, J, Bleak, Freeway. Make corpses, they kids. 
freeze old sparks at Mac Mitten. I'm 95 South, no doubt, Mac Clippin'. I stack chips in, I'm sack sippin'. Louis Vuitton loafers, hat drippin'. I go retrieve a duck, tell a proceeding stuff. I don't just beat my cases, I beat them up. My lawyer eat them up, put bars behind me. I'm glad they didn't stop that car behind me, shit. It had three felons, gun shooters, no. 50 cal, ACP, Bazooka Joe. Don't be stupid, though. I get still a man. I'm for real, man. Yeah, still a kid. Uh, dipset, bitch. Tech system in tandem with a change to the end 
to draft pick compensation, uh, compensation for free agents signed by all but a handful of teams. So another so – hold on. So they're saying they, there could be a potential lockout in 2021? Probably in but 2021, but the, the deal is through 2021. The luxury tax threshold will jump from $189 million to $195 million. It's initially been gradually increased. Wow. Teams that exceed that threshold will pay similar tax, tax rates to the current deal unless they go – if they go way over the threshold, in which case their tax rate could jump to as high as 90%. Teams that signed the premium premium free uh, agent would no longer have to give up a first-round draft pick to the team that lost that player. However, teams with payrolls higher than a luxury tax threshold will still lose a pick later in the draft and teams losing those players will still receive a pick. Some additional five points to the deal, which covers the 2017 through 2021 season, according to ESPN sources. Although other owners push for months to include international players in the amateur draft, they dropped that demand last this week. Sources said, in this place, teams will work under a revised system of bonus pools that would place a hard cap on how much each club can spend to sign foreign-born players. The sides have talked about starting future, future seasons four or five days earlier than in the past as a means to give teams more days off during a regular season. The sides also have discussed scheduling more day games when teams face long flights following those games. There will be changes to baseball's revenue sharing formula, which would affect both players and recipients. Details of those changes remain unknown. The sides have discussed numerous changes to the June amateur draft. Those changes could include everything from a revamp Slotting system to trading picks. Details yet to emerge. So we have a lot of. That's a lot going on. <laughs> I know. I mean, I just got this update like moments ago. Like it really just popped up. <laughs> I mean, that was Jeez. really breaking news. I mean. Uh, now that we didn't got through the breaking news, let's go ahead and kick off with wrestling. You said what? Sorry, we, we I said let's go ahead and kick off with wrestling. Wrestling. Did, 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 wrestling. We, we got some catch, we we got some catching up to do. We um we didn't get to do our Survivor Series recap. No, no, Goldberg. With Goldberg destroying Brock Lesnar, and I and I believe King Dude 
it made you and I both go. King Dude recorded it and said, I believe it was like a minute and 26 seconds. Yes, it was. Ah, man. I was actually at a bar watching that night. Um, yeah. It was like I looked down, I turned to the Redskins game. They, they was playing the Packers that night. I turn over and I see a spear. I look back at the game. I turn back. It was another spear. I turn back to the game. Then for a quick second, I heard the jackhammer. And that was it. All that happened within a minute. <laughs> well, um, th- this is this is how it, it came down for me. I was watching it on the network on my phone, and I was going back and forth. I was going back and forth um, through the. Uh, I was going back and forth between Facebook, putting in my two cents, go back and you know going back and forth. You know sometimes you'll get a delay, and I was still you know texting about um, you know the match before and things like that, talking to people about it and all this other stuff, and then. What I click on Facebook, all I literally read was that Goldberg just squashed Brock. Um, for those of you that are listening that doesn't know what a squash is, pretty much you don't stand a chance. The match is over and done with just like that. So I was already kind of pissed that I, I got a spoiler, but I was also pissed because I looked at the time and I realized how fast that went. Um, I, I, I want to go over the card that we can lead up to Goldberg, or do you want to start out with no, go Goldberg? Go ahead, go ahead uh, roll on the card. I'm actually sitting All on right. Twitter tonight's show. Alright, so we had um, B. Brian Kendrick versus Kalisto. Um, this is coming off of NXT with that, uh, which NXT TakeOver is always lights out. And the one, and I've everyone's always trying to figure out why can't the main roster do this? Why can't they do this? You know, WWE and not just NXT. And the one thing I realized is, um, WWE has too many wacky finishes. If you go down this card and you will see, like Survivor Series, is a little bit different because they have no disqualification. But if you look at a normal WWE pay per view and look at how many matches are won clean without a distraction roll-up without uh, Maurice spraying cologne and Dolph's eye. Like, there are so many wacky finishes, and, and this one kind of blew me because for the simple fact, uh, it was interrupted um, by Baron Corbin. I felt personally, if, um, if it's a cruiserweight match, I feel that if anyone should have done it, it should have been a cruiserweight. Like, like Baron Corbin yeah. has no reason to be involved with anything in that division, not to mention he has nothing else better to do than a few with Kalisto. And I, that right there is already a a, 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 a mind fuck. Like, that, that's already killing me. But moving on, we have The Miz versus Sami Zayn. For the Intercontinental Championship, the Miz retained. Um, I can't. I can't remember how this finish went, but I believe this was also another messy finish. But it's the Miz, 
If it's Mike, I can tell you. I can tell you. I can tell you how that happened. I can tell you how that happened. All right, Miz was put into the sharpshooter by Sami Zayn. Yeah. Well, um, Maurice, she actually rung the bell. Oh, as the Miz was tapping out. Yeah. And the referee was like, "What the hell?" He didn't signal for the match to be over, blah, blah, blah. Same as Ain't 31, and no. That's right. And he, and, and, and Miz went, well, I think that was a distraction roll up. I think he kind of was a distraction roll up. But yeah, he got, the, he, he got the roll up. So that's two matches, two wacky finishes, off break. And, and to piggyback off of that, I get we were in Canada. I get a Survivor Series, but WWE needs to leave the Montreal screw job in '97. They pulled the same thing off earlier this year with Flair and Charlotte. They just did it again, and it, the wacky finishes. Um, now, the Raw versus SmackDown tag team match. This one, um, this showed. How much superior Raw's uh, tag team division is compared to SmackDown? If you look at the names, if you look at the guys that are in the ring, if you just look at the teams in general, um, SmackDown they need, you know, they're going to need a shakeup with the division. Um, the Revival just lost uh, the NXT titles to um, uh, Chiapa. Gargano, so that might help them as far as moving up to the main roster, which I I hope that they go to SmackDown. If they go to Raw, they'll get in the mix. But um, Samus and Cesaro actually won that match. The team that doesn't like each other won the tag team Survivor Series match, which is I I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that one. Um... I just want to see what, what's next for Cesaro and Sheamus, not, not to mention see how this affects New Day because Cesaro and Sheamus are, to me, a lot of people don't like Sheamus. I like him personally because his style, and he fits it perfectly. But between those two and Gallows and Anderson, New Day aren't going to be able to hold on to those titles forever. Um, continue oh, no. on, moving on. <laughs> The new day they got to look out. So, um, so next we have the Raw vs SmackDown women's match, which uh, this I like. Um, a couple things I, I didn't like, but the crowd made up for. I didn't like the um, the countout, but for the simple fact that the chant, the crowd was chanting ten for every number. And then once they once the referee said got to ten, and they did the tie diligent ten chant, that that was golden. Um, but with the ending, I really like the ending. People people can say what they want, but Charlotte is on fire right now, and the way that she handled that situation with Bailey, it was it was lights out. She 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 I mean, she pretty much just said this is my moment. That's that's all she was chanting. And, the way she turned on, like, you know, they were teammates for that one match. And literally, as soon as it was over, boom, Charlotte went back to Hill mode. And I, I like how they, I like how they, what they did with that one. Um, I ain't gonna lie, they did a great job with that match. 
Um, and then uh, then we had the the surprise of all surprises, which was Bray Wyatt getting a credible win. How long has Bray Wyatt been in WWE? End of what do you think? Uh, end of 2013. I mean, I want I, I was about to take it back to Husky Harris, but um, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, man, it's Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I say about twenty thirteen. Oh, Husky Harris! I'm, I, I bet he wish no one ever bring that up again. So he, here's Bray Wyatt. What were you, you about to say something? Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, so here's Bray Wyatt. He's been with the company three years now, and he's finally getting a credible win. Um, and I, I think Randy Orton. A lot of people wonder why Randy's with the Wyatt and MDN. He's helping make them more credible because WWE has dropped the ball on them for years. For the simple fact, you got Bray, who has, as a wrestler, one of the best promos in the game. He puts on some of the best matches, but he he just gets a credible win. So that that was the one thing that I took from that match that I was really happy about. Um. Cause I'm I'm big on Bray, so um and and he he just needed that. I just hope that they do something with him. I mean they got the tag team title match. I at TLC we'll talk about that later. But last but not least, Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg. And you realize why that first match? I mean the Survivor Series match was an hour. The video package was longer than the actual match. I have I have one major problem with this. Um and the major problem is I'm I'm one of those people surprisingly surprisingly a lot of people don't believe I was surprisingly was not a huge Bill Goldberg fan. Um I like the spirit, I like the jackhammer, but I like but one thing I realized I realized he didn't really have any great matches, so that kinda like, now I go back, I'm like, what, what was the point? But in the end, their first match was terrible, and I was mad that Goldberg beat Brock. And then in this one, I'm upset that he beat Brock because um, WWE has this thing where they think two months down the line and not two years. As um, I believe I got that one from Jim Cornette, but yes, Goldberg is going to be in the Royal Rumble, but... Just imagine what a win like that could have done for, let's say, Braun Strowman. Braun, now, there are a few guys who could legitimately look like they could beat up Brock, but Braun, like, you know, I just throw him out there because he is a big guy. He is physical. He is dominant, and that's what it's going to take to beat him. So I was just, you know, kind of thinking, like, how that could have helped put someone to the next level beating Brock, but we know, you know, they needed that, something to warm them up for a rumble, but that was the one thing that kind of killed me about that Goldberg versus Brock. All right. Actually, I'm going to give you my point of view on that match. Well, the first match they had at WrestleMania 20, I mean, both men was on their way out the door, so... That's why the match was what it was. 
Rock was about to leave, Goldberg was about to leave. I mean, it is what it is. Now, their match is about to say. Honestly, I knew Goldberg was not going to lose. I mean, you think about it, you look at all the matches that he had, how he was built to be a powerhouse. They, WWE paid Goldberg a lot of money to come back. There was no way in hell he was going to take that L. Plus, I think the, another reason why they made that match so short, one, there was a rumor that he tore, I think, his rotator stuff or something, or a shoulder. Uh, when they, uh, when the segment before, the raw segment before, uh, Survivor Series. But another reason, though, I think they're trying to do what WC- WCW did with Goldberg. They're trying to build him, they're trying to build him back to that powerhouse that he was there because WWE didn't do it at first. When Goldberg first came to WWE, they did not sell him the same way WCW did. <laughs> Now, to talk about where this match disappointed me at, for the simple fact that it killed the rubber match. Nobody wants to see a part three. I'm just saying, I mean, why would I want to see a part three when Brock is already down to nothing? It defeats the purpose. And that is one thing. It, yeah, yeah, like why it it would be like you understand this. This is the best of three series. If you if you think of early, remember the early two thousands basketball series. It was best of yeah. three, then it was like best of five, then the best of seven. If this is the best of three, like that means this one go two ways. This is either best of three, and Brock has already won, so a third one is not going to do anything unless. It is a retirement match, which exactly, it, it, which it kind of would have to be. The one thing I don't like, yeah, the, the the one thing that I don't like, which I can see happening. I'm not sure if you remember that 2004 Royal Rumble, but you remember how Goldberg got eliminated, right? Yeah, Pleasant came down, distracted him, and threw him out. By us knowing that Goldberg and Brock are already in the Rumble, you know, you know, it's gonna happen. Something's, yeah, something's gonna happen to cause that third match. And I say, yeah, they want to build up to Mania, but I don't even think anybody wants to see that match at Mania. Like, like you said, like no one wants to see a third match. Like even if, even if Goldberg was hurt. I look at this way, if Goldberg's hurt and you're setting up for a third match, it would be hard to see. Huh? I said they should have put Brock over. <laughs> yeah. And only thing, only thing they have to worry about is Goldberg coming into the Royal Rumble, but in the end, you can still have Goldberg lose and still have him go to the Royal Rumble because people are going to want to see him. Right. I mean, they could have still made him look strong and all. But honestly, as far as the Royal Rumble is concerned, I'm going to make my pick now. I think Bray is going to win the Rumble. 
It's not Bray. You think Bray? Between Bray and Seth Rollins. Those are my most believable picks. <laughs> now, the one thing that um, I, I, I'm going with those two as well, um, it would be um, it would be just hard for me to pick anybody outside of those two who deserve it. If they build a third WrestleMania around Roman Reigns, they're just trying to flush money down the toilet and say F you to the fans. So, like, I agree with those two picks. The one thing that's going to have me, you know, leaning towards one or the other is what's going to be the focus at WrestleMania? Now that we have the brand split, because you got to remember that one year, um, I believe, like, Del Rio won, he ended up opening up, like, WrestleMania or something like that, or he was, like, in the middle match or some crazy where he didn't have, quote, unquote, main event WrestleMania like they always like to say. So yeah. I feel that if – I feel that if um, – also a couple of things I want to think about is who's AJ is going to face at Royal Rumble and who um, and who uh, Kevin Owens is going to face at Royal Rumble. Um also, if they win, like, because someone, someone's saying something, or maybe it's just the AJ interview, and people are saying that, well, they want to see AJ versus The Undertaker. That's something I want to talk about later. But I feel that if it's AJ versus Undertaker, and somehow Undertaker wins, then Bray Wyatt has to win that World Rumble. Um, and if, if Kevin Owens wins, or depending on who he's facing, I think um, I think Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins is going to be money on any card on any night. So that would be that that could be like an easily safe pick for a WrestleMania main event. Um, Bray Wyatt, I mean uh, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Yeah, you got a good point. Um, but yeah, we actually do got to be going about this. We spent too long on wrestling. Oh, yeah, man. Let's talk. Let's go ahead and kick off college football for a minute. This, uh, is, this is this season is it's it's going to be. Um, I don't know if you remember. Um, I don't know if you remember the 2007 season when it was like. Missouri, Kansas, West Virginia were like the top three teams, and like mm, in a week, yeah, like all three of them. Do you remember that year? I remember that year. It was where it was just random top teams. Man. Yeah, it was random top teams. Was, and when I when I look on the when I look on the the the, the rankings, and I see Colorado's top ten, I see Washington's top ten. It's just crazy. I'm like. I'm like this. This could be one of those years. I know. I'm trying to think. Oh, seven. I think that was wasn't Pat White there? No, no. I think that was before Pat White. Yeah. No, he was there in '07 because that was the year that they lost to Pitt. They were number two, and they lost to Pitt twelve to nine. Because I remember watching that game. I was it's that game, so I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Alabama is still number one. How about that? 
They're not going to drop. <laughs> Ohio State is number two. You have Clemson at number three. You have Washington State. You have Washington at four, Michigan at five, Wisconsin at six, Penn State at seven, Colorado at eight, Oklahoma at nine, Oklahoma State at ten, USC at at eleven, Florida State at twelve, Louisville at thirteen, Auburn at fourteen. Florida at 15, West Virginia at 16, Western Michigan at 17, Stanford at 18, Navy at 19, Utah at number 20, LSU at 21, Tennessee is 22, 23 is Virginia Tech, 24 is Houston, and 25 is Pittsburgh. <laughs> and that's your playoff, that's your playoff ranking. Um, I I just want to know. I I not want to know, but I just want to say that pretty soon, within the next year or two, they're gonna have to expand that playoff. I mean, honestly, I think they started off with it with the four teams as a trial. <laughs> it was just a trial to see will it work. Now, the one the one thing I do want to chime in on is I feel personally, and I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot from this, I personally feel that the SEC is not the conference that it once was. You literally have oh, no. Alabama. You literally have Alabama and everyone else. Now, this this is why I bring this up, because the SEC gets a lot of unnecessary love. LSU is ranked 21, and they're 7-4. and four. Outside of SEC, no one no one is going to have those chances. You got Auburn at 8-4, and four, and they're at 14 over 9-2 uh, and two West Virginia, 12-0 and Michigan State, 9-3 Stanford, 9-2 and two Navy. I get those teams aren't, you know – up there, but I mean, I, I just look at the conference and I see how Florida's at eight and three, and they're at fifteen. But they have a couple teams below them that have better records, and, and that SEC love, I think they're gonna have to kind of lean away. And then then you look at the Big Ten and the top in the top ten, you got what one? You got three Big Ten, four Big Ten teams, and the top ten. That is yep. that's that is outstanding, and and I like to see how Penn State has been able to bounce back in a matter of years. Um, I'm, I don't, I can't even remember how long ago the paternal situation was, but for them to go from uh, being, I think it was about I think it was about four to five years ago. Yeah, like 2011, 2012. Um, yep. For them to go. For them to go damn near a death penalty, you know, they, that's basically what they went They went through a step below the death penalty for college sports. Uh, for them to go from that to be 9-2, and two, they beat Ohio State, and they beat the teams they beat, that, that, that says a lot about that program and the people that are running it now. 
But I mean that death penalty can be brutal. But I remember when it happened to uh, Southern Methodist University. <laughs> the Pony Express. I remember when it happened to them, and it took it took them years to rebound. Yeah, it took them. I mean, yeah, that it is, took like twenty years before they could go to a bowl game or something like that, right? Yeah, before I mean, because I mean that hurt them for that hurt them for a few decades. Now, how do you feel? How do you feel about Ohio State? And this is this is the part where I feel that the playoffs is going to have a flaw. Michigan State. Honestly, I mean, Michigan. I'm not gonna say it's gonna have a flaw. So you say you're I mean, not gonna I'm say listening at the I'll, I'm not gonna say it's gonna have a flaw. I'm not gonna say it yet. I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the standards. I mean, I think it's going to play out to where we really going to see the top four teams. I think Michigan might pull their way into number four, though. And, and that's the thing is that you're going to have a team who is not a conference champion be in the bowl game, remember being the um, playoff, and the team that is a conference champion that is just as good or pop, or even better, according to Penn State, who beat them, makes it out. This, I think this is the part where that expansion is is really going to come into play for the simple fact that at, just think, I mean, five, six, and seven, you got Michigan, Wisconsin, and Penn State all in the same conference. Only one of those guys are going to be able to win that conference, and whoever wins that conference should automatically get a bid. So you got to think about. Okay, um, I understand. I, I understand what you. I understand where you're going with this. Right? I understand that. I mean, right now, you know, the the playoff. Right, I mean, the playoff. The playoff is still new. This is what their third year in it. Right now, they're still trying to get the field for it. Yeah. Expansion will. The expansion will happen. It has to. It's too, many, it's too many schools for the, for not to happen. But right now, I think they're really still trying to get the feel and get all the teams out of it. I do feel, though, that the top four should be conference winners. I will give you that one. But honestly, I think they should have – I think they should carry it like basketball. I really think they should have a big tournament that features a lot of schools that make turn their bid. So maybe 32 instead of 64. But you you would possibly have to get something like that time. <laughs> but honestly, I think it will happen. Yeah, I, I, I think it will. So I'm one of those people that can't be paid. And like you said, maybe a college – Basketball style would would help. It's just that that kind of leads me to a question I wanted to ask because I was having a discussion and we were talking about college bowl games. 
Do you feel that six wins for a college season is not enough? Like, because you said they have Outback Bowl, they have Bass and Fisherman Bowls, uh, Sheraton Hotel Bowl. They have a bowl game for just about any and everything. And it's kind of bowl season is like it's fun, but also in the end, it kind of like some of the bowl games, like the Cotton Bowl, doesn't mean as much as it used to. Um, but it's, it's just a couple things I'm like, you know, six was really enough to qualify you to be a bowl team. You think that they should? I mean, I get. I mean, you know, I'm asking a question when that involves sponsorship dollars and all the other mess. But if, if you were able to, would you change that number to where six to be like eight or something? Like we have less bowl games, but they're actually between competitive yeah. teams. This is how. I would do it. I would eliminate the whole six wins in your end. Yes, you'll be over 500 depending on what conference you are in. But six win teams don't deserve a full season. Maybe seven. The lowest I would go will be seven. Now, with the bowl game, you have a playoff bracket now. I would slowly turn those bowl games. Remember how I mentioned the tournament of 32? That's where your bowl yes. games would come in play. That's where all those bowl games would come in play. I mean, yes, I know they still have their sponsors, but each sponsor could sponsor a game in a lots of games in a tournament instead of all these bowling. Now, the, the one thing, while you were saying the one thing I thought about, what, um, I, I know football is a little bit different than basketball. Well, not a little bit. Football is a lot different than basketball. But with, with you have those, those Cinderella teams, um, you know, when you have those those Cinderella teams and all that that ruined the brackets and all that, I just wonder, like, how many of those guys would have a chance to beat those teams? Like, will we get those type of moments? Because those are literally, like, they kill your brackets, but those are sometimes, like, the best moments. We have in Northern Iowa going to the Elite Eight. <laughs> It can happen, dude. Like, that's the point of Cinderella story. I mean, let's say you get a team that won seven games. They barely get in. And they start crushing top-ranked schools. <laughs> it can happen in football, too. That is, that is true. I mean, it, could. it can happen in football. It can happen in any sport. <laughs> I mean, think about the Kansas City Warriors from three years ago. They barely made the playoffs. Barely made the playoffs. They had to play a playoff game just to get in. And they sweep the American League. They came one play away from winning the World Series. That's true. So, um, so 
So what do you what do you what do you have next? Hold on, do we have um? Did you want to do a rundown of the top ten games this weekend and see what we got? Yeah, we can do that. We still got we still got time. We are yeah, we still got time. We got about forty one minutes. That'll work. Let's see what we got. Week thirteen. Let me see. Sorry, I'm trying trying to pull this up because soon we'll have soon will be um well conference games. I mean conference championships coming up. So let's see. This is all the game. All right, let's start from the beginning. So Western Michigan plays Ohio, Colorado and Washington. Number nine Colorado, number four Washington. This game right here is going to shake up the playoffs for a simple fact. If, if Washington loses for some reason, then there will definitely be two big two big ten teams in that playoff. Man, that will be interesting. Um, I'm I'm just trying to run down the top ten games so that way we can see what we're looking at. Then we have uh, Oklahoma number eleven, Oklahoma State versus number seven, Oklahoma. I got Oklahoma winning that one though. Yeah. Um. Then we have Florida versus Alabama, number fifteen, Florida versus number one, Alabama. At this point, I think uh, the city of Cleveland needs to place a bid to somehow to get the Alabama team moved to Cleveland somehow. Um, the Browns probably would love for that to happen. Um, <laughs> then we have number three, Clemson versus number 19, Virginia Tech, which I kind of can see could be a trap game. But the most important game that's going to determine a lot for the playoffs and everything else, number six, Wisconsin versus number eight, Penn State. Oh, yeah. I think that game could single-handedly shape up the playoffs. I think it will. Ah. Oh, yeah. Now, honestly, I, I think it's, it's going to be a few games that might take off the playoffs. Especially around this time of year, this is when that type of thing happens. Uh, we are now 38 minutes. And you know we're about to go ahead and kick, go into football. Ah. Uh, <laughs> So, did you enjoy any of the Thanksgiving games? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> it is well, the Vikings. I did, day. but I didn't. I I tried to enjoy them. It was just being uh, us having us having the first game of the day and losing took away from me even caring about. Dallas and Washington took away from me caring about uh, the Colts and uh, was it the Steelers, I believe. I can't even remember that last game. It was just once once I lost that once we lost, I, I 
I ain't gonna lie, I was like a kid and I shut down because it was just, it was brutal. It was brutal. Okay, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about this game. Uh, one, Detroit is looking like the team to beat NFC North. I've said this, I think I said this like a couple of weeks ago. Detroit has actually sold me. I mean, they were the first team to beat the Eagles. They beat the Redskins in under a minute. <laughs> and they've pretty, they've beaten some good teams this year. Now, the one thing that is hurting Minnesota is no Adrian Peterson. This is the time of year that he normally really gets it going and really becomes that high percentage of Minnesota's offense. Now that they don't have AP is really starting to hurt them now. You, and honestly, you can see it. Yeah, that that was like it was one thing. Like we lost Bridgewater. I'm like, all right, at least we got AP. We can we can at least do that, and we can you know do what we always do. Bradford manages the game, and once he went down, it was like. Alright, this is gonna be hard. Bradford's actually gonna to have to play. But then you get your hopes up. Um then you get your hopes up because we start off five and oh and next thing you know, we go from that to what one and one and six. It was just one uh, one and five. I mean one and five, yeah. Uh it's just as that's just one of those you know like you you know certain teams have those season slumps, and you just wouldn't expect that. <laughs> I mean, I say, I mean, I mean, that, I ain't gonna lie, that that's something hard to read out for. I mean, y'all lost two major injuries. Yeah, but but uh, let's see, later games you had. Detroit versus Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota versus Detroit. You had the Washington Redskins who choked against the Dallas Cowboys. You had the Steelers who beat the Colts. Uh, Sunday games. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Who did what? Oh, the Giants beat the Browns. <laughs> Poor Cleveland. Poor, poor Cleveland. We'll talk about them in a minute. But uh, what other games happened? Uh, you had Hills and Jacksonville. You had Seattle versus Tampa Bay. Hmm. Five points, though. That's very interesting. Five points. This is our Seattle. <laughs> Stay classy. Oh, see. Tampa Bay, I said, Seattle, Tampa Bay. We had the Patriots versus somebody. Okay, let me pull this up. Uh, Hold up. Did you say. Do we have the 49ers? Yeah, they had San Fran. Hold on, was it? Yeah. No, 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 no. It was the week before. 
the San Fran played uh, Miami this past week. That's right. I don't know, having a brain fart over the Patriots season, which is surprising. I said week 12, yeah, the Dolphins barely beat San Fran. Barely beat San Fran. The Chiefs beat the Broncos in overtime. Sunday Night Football. Patriots had the Jets. Yeah. I knew it was somebody to suck. Let's see. Tennessee beat the Titans beat the Bears. The Bills beat the Jaguars. The Ravens beat the Bengals. The Falcons beat the shit out of the Cardinals. <laughs> the Cardinals beat the Browns. The Saints demolished the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Let's see. San Diego beats Houston. Mm, that's in your Monday night game was the Packers versus the Eagles. Okay. <laughs> now let's move on to our topic. The beast that is <laughs> the NFC East. Just over a year ago, the NFC East was the joke of the National Football League. It was considered the worst division of all of football. Just a year ago. And over that a year later, they are one well, they were the only team that had all four teams over or at least at five hundred. With the Eagles just losing Monday night. That put them under 500 for the first time this season. But the turnaround that this division has made, though, you had three teams who are still over 500. And as of right now, if the playoffs started, those three teams will be in the playoffs. Dallas being the first seed, the Giants being the fifth, and the Redskins will be the sixth. How does something like this happen in a year? Um, I mean, this this is amazing. And it is. um, The the one thing that the NFC East has that a lot of divisions don't have, and maybe it's because of where we live geographically, we might see them because we're in the area where there are a lot of NFC East fans. But as a whole, that division takes pride in their division. Um, and, and like I said, I don't know if, it, I don't know if it's because, you know, I don't live on the West Coast to see how the NFC or AFC West fans react, but just living in the area we live in, we have fans, New York fans, Cowboys fans, Redskins, Eagles fans, and how much pride those guys take in, event and take in their division already is enough. But um, with the Giants, I mean, they, they spent all that money on their defense. And at first, it looked a little shaky. Now it's paying off. Dallas, yeah, I know. The one, Dallas, the one thing I said was um, I actually made a post where I was like, NFL fans, we got to do something. Like, 
Jerry Jones has stopped finding ways to ruin the Cowboys' season. I mean, he's in the skybox. He's watching from up there. He's not next to Jason Garrett in his ear on the sidelines playing assistant coach or head assistant coach. Um, and not to mention, another thing we don't have, we, we don't have Tony Romo to mess it up. Um, so it's just, uh, and then you look at, and then you look at um, Washington. Um, I think the one thing Washington benefits from is Washington has a die-hard fan base, and. If I, I've said this as much as I don't like the Redskins, but if I were to play for any team, I would want to play for the Redskins for the simple fact of how much their fans love and support their team. And I think that has paid off a lot. Kirk Cousins is feeling himself. Um, and, and the one thing Dallas, I mean, uh, Washington does, they Washington this year has had a short memory. Um, they look at it where they don't have, uh, say, for instance, a Minnesota slump where it's like, oh, we started out five games, we lost one, now we have to lose four in a row. Washington does have a short memory, and even in games like when things are going their way versus Dallas, they still found a way to try to, you know, try to get back in it. Like, they have a short memory. And I think that's helped by having a quarterback who's not – who's about the team. I mean, RG, RG3, he had the good season – but in the end, he was—he he seemed, I can't say he was because, you know, I don't know everything, but he seemed like he's more out for himself. And the Eagles, I really can't figure out what it was about the Eagles because, I mean, they have a rookie quarterback. Um, they don't have Chip Kelly. Maybe that might be it. I'm not sure. But the Eagles, that is the one team I can't find the answer to what, you know, what happened or what helped them get better. I come up with those calls for other two teams, but that NFC East, man, it, it, like you said, from top to bottom, they're playing lights out. There's no team, nobody's having a week off in that division. You know, Cowboys are ten and one, but they got to remember, you know, if the Giants beat them again, that that could shake up that division. Right. Another uh, thing I want to say about the Eagles, though. One thing that has helped them turn around was is their defense. Their defense is their defense got a lot better from last year. I will admit that, especially that front four. But I mean, I'm yeah. in this division now. Like, oh my god, this is really going to be a dog fight. It's really going to be deep. The NFC East is really about to turn the pages on the National Football League. And people are not ready for that. I mean, yes, the AFC West also has three teams in the record. But the AFC East has featured four teams with winning records for the majority of the season. I mean, that's unheard of. And if you look at the head-to-head matchup against other divisions, the NFC East has pretty much Beat up one the uh, NFC and AFC North. Only team that has beaten multiple NFC East teams is the Detroit Lions so far. 
Uh. I mean, yeah, that's an interesting fact. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, the Lions defeated the Skins in the East. They still have to play um, the Giants and the Cowboys. They got a chance. They got a chance to uh, make that NFC East seat, but I don't think they will. But I mean, <laughs> you look at the Ravens. They lost. They lost to the. Uh, they the Ravens pretty much lost to every team in our division. They did, didn't they? Yes, they did. No. I don't think they play. They didn't play. I don't think they played Philly yet, though, did they? I don't know, but I know. I mean, I, I mean, I know Washington beat them. I know Dallas beat them, and the Giants beat them. And the Giants, yeah. So I mean, so every team that they've played, they've lost too. But and I think, and, and I'm not a huge fan of his, but Eli is about to become a very dangerous man. I have a feeling it's e. yeah. we we all know how it is. Once Eli gets into the playoffs, you you gotta watch he, he out. Becomes but it's him getting there. He becomes regular season Peyton. <laughs> yeah, they, they have the opposite thing. One is clutch. One is clutch all season long. The other one is clutch in the playoffs. And he gets there. <laughs> Now, I have to, I have to ask you something. Mm-hmm. What about the Oakland Raiders, man? I'm not gonna lie, the silver and black attack. Now, coming into the season, the Raiders were one of my favorite teams, one of my favorites to actually make an impact this year. I looked at what they did last year; they finished eight and eight. They were playing some respectable football. So, the only thing that the Raiders are doing, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised there. The fact that they only got two errors, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I said that they would be a potential playoff team next year. I said that they will be better, and they said they will be scary. I said that, you know, like you said, um, you know, seeing what they did last year going into the season, but I don't think I could predict. That as of right now, the Raiders have either the same or a better record than the New England Patriots, and and, and I, I I just look at that alone. You, you you're putting the Raiders next to the, in the same sentence as the Patriots as of right now. Honestly, as of right now, I will put them there until the playoffs. Yeah, it's a but. The experience is will always go to the Patriots. All right, I'm not going to sleep at Oakland because I mean they are a young, hungry team, but the Patriots are still experienced in the postseason. Yeah, I mean once Brady gets to a postseason, I don't count him out. I can't bet. It's hard for me to bet against that dude, Tom Brady. Yeah, I know. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you hate them, you, you can't better guess them. But I, I did make say you this. Look like a fool. I, I did say this before we move on. If 
we get a New England versus Dallas Super Bowl, this will be the first time Brady will be the face and not the heel. That will be the only oh, yeah. time I believe people will actually get behind Brady and root for him. Now, I don't think that would be good for New England for the simple fact that Brady, I think he kind of thrives of being the villain. So I want to see how that happens when the role is reversed where he's being cheered and people are rooting for him to win as opposed to all time of Tom Brady. He's always in the Super Bowl. That is going to be interesting to see how that works out. Okay. Here's where I'm going to go with this. Um, I think he will embrace it because, remember, he was the face in 2001. That was the only time in his Super Bowl career he was the face. He can embrace that role. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, Tom Brady is going to find a way to win. I don't think he, I don't think no other team can beat him except for the Giants in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, he only it's has two Super Bowl losses, and they came, they, and they came from the Giants off of two crazy catches in two different Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't get four minutes for nothing. I think if he comes in as the face, he will be okay. He will survive. Yeah. Uh, That's what on football. <sighs> we are now about to approach week 13. The Cleveland Browns are still winners. And they have a bye week. Can the Cleveland Browns get a win this season? All right. Let me. I'm not sure if you already pulled it up before, but I, I want to see their schedule. Um, and I, I want to see. I'm about to say, I just, I literally just pulled it up. So, the next game, their last three games, and I'm going to answer, I mean, I'm going to answer this now. I don't think they will. Their last four games, actually. They have the Bengals. They have the Bills, the Chargers, and the Steelers. The only one where they could maybe get a win out of those, I feel, would be the Bengals for the simple fact it's a division game. Guys play get better during division. The Bengals aren't looking like themselves this year. Uh, actually, that, that that division, that whole NFC, I mean AFC uh, North, isn't really looking like themselves. It's really hard to pick a dominant team between the Ravens and Steelers, but. The Bengals aren't playing crazy football, and you know, like I said, it's a division rivalry. Then you have the Bills and the Browns, which could be good, depending on which. Um, I think that game is going to depend on Shady, depending on how he is health-wise, depending on how he shows up. Um, he could change the game for the better or worse for the Bills. So who knows? Chargers, 
Phillip Rivers is gonna. I think Phillip Rivers is gonna have a field day with those guys. And the Steelers, Steelers. I mean, um, the only team I think the Steelers kind of worry about um, is the Ravens for the simple fact that the type of football the Ravens play is similar to the Steelers. Real hard nose, smash mouth, and your face football. So with these last four games, I I, I think the Browns are gonna go zero sixteen. I'm not going to say that it won't happen, but I think they can at least win one game. The game, there's two games I think that they can win. One is the game against the Bengals. That is the home game for them. That's in its first off the about week. The other game is another home game. Is the last home game against the San Diego Chargers. I'm picking these two games because the one, the rivalry, the rivalry between the Bengals and the Browns, going all the way back from Art Modell and Paul Brown to pretty much the charge. They're uh, them against the Chargers, where they're at home for the last time of the season. I mean, both games are winnable for those. Cause, I mean, the Chargers aren't a bad team, but I think they're not that much better than the competition that the Ravens have facing their division. I mean, Phillip Rivers isn't a young chicken. However, that team is young. Uh, the, the thing is, I with with the Chargers, uh, um, the thing, the one, the one thing I'm trying to think about is how the Chargers are going to have to win, depending on where they are at that point of the season. Because uh, that one, that one may be a playoff. Let me see. Chargers or oh, not? Nah, they're they're out of it. They're, they're not gonna be a playoff. Huh. But I'm looking so at the last in the division. They're last in the division. I mean, they would yeah. need their whole division to lose out for them to have a chance. <laughs> yeah, because I'm look. I'm looking at the. I mean, you got two AFC teams sitting at six and five that are division leaders. So, you also have the you, you AFC may, West. <laughs> you have Oakland, and you have Oakland number one. You have Kansas City right behind them. Then you have Denver right behind them. Like all three teams are over five hundred. <laughs> then you have the Chargers that are like a game under. Yeah, they're five and six. So I mean, they 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 may be able to pull that off versus the Chargers because. I, I like Philip Rivers. The one thing is, you don't, you never know what Philip Rivers you're gonna get. And I think that's that. I think that is that is his biggest flaw. Um. So, I mean, looking at the remaining schedule for for the Cleveland Browns, they're not really playing anyone over 500, and that's actually benefiting them. Yeah, now, now that you mention it, that that does help. So they they may get one off. Um, 
But they they're just changing quarterbacks like we change socks, man. They are. And they, they, I, I, I feel I like mean, they just injuries, injuries. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, every time I look up, there's a. They, it, I don't even know if people even keep track of that Cleveland Browns. You remember, you remember how they had that joke with the Cleveland Browns quarterback jersey, where had a list of oh, like yeah. all the starting quarterbacks for like the past ten or fifteen years. Yep. I don't, even, I don't even think I don't even think that's even a joke anymore. Um, yeah, uh, RG 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 is on it. Josh McCown is back on it, and Cody Kessler's name is on it. And Cody Kessler was a rookie, right? Yeah, he's a rookie that got hurt. All right, so the, so they added in one season. They've already added three names to that jersey list. Like, I, I just want to know what that team or organization can do um, to turn around because it, it's just like it's just surprising when I see Cleveland Brown fans and, I, and I've always wondered like, what in the world made you <laughs> a Cleveland Brown fan? Like, I I don't know, but let's see. Honestly, that leads me to our last part of the show. Ah, we actually, it's something that we actually talked about in the chat. For those who are listening, the Skybox will be conducting a mock draft every month going into the NFL draft. So, so we actually have an app where we can you can actually do it yourself. Uh, give me a minute, I'll talk, I'll uh, give out the name of the app. But we will be doing our own mock draft. We will have further details about it. But honestly, if I get to select as the Cleveland Browns GM, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a field day. Yeah, he's just sitting back wondering, like, hmm, who am I really going to pick? Um, let me see. I'm, try, I'm trying to see if I can find the app name that we will be doing the draft under, but we want we, this will be interactive, so that way you guys can chime in, give us your thoughts, um, things like that. Um, so it will be it will be one of those things that can be as successful as you all, the listeners, make it. I know um, once Chill okay. presented the idea, it was it was something that we both jumped on. So this is something oh, that could no. be, huh? And I, I was just saying it was gold. <laughs> it was called firstpick.com. There we go. Our fantasy football NFL draft games are second and nine. Can you be a draft guy? That will be through firstpick.com. That will be um, first-pick.com uh, is where we will be doing it. But um, as Chill said, you know, we'll wait till we get all the details and everything finalized. But this is just something we wanted to do so that way everyone can see how 
everyone can be their own gym. I mean, we all, not we all, but a lot of us do fantasy football. So now we're going to take it a step further. You got your fantasy team. Now you're actually GM and you're going to be able to do your draft. So um, that that's that's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Some of us also play Madden on a uh, franchise mode. <laughs> Uh, that would be fun. Honestly, I I really hope I get the chance to run <laughs> the Cleveland Browns draft because I mean I already have my already have my list of moves that I will make from trade to who I will draft to when I trade down, you know. So you you you've already you're you're not just you're not sticking with first pick this second pick that you're gonna have this team is gonna trade with this team and get these guys. See now 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 I see how you're thinking. I gotta set my game up on how I'm approach this. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Honestly. I've done a lot of mock drafts. I even do mock drafts doing fantasy football. Yeah, I do mock drafts for fantasy football. See that that's that's the one thing I want to because I I always do just a general league. I need to get a league with some friends so I can actually talk trash. And say, oh, I'm paying this person this week. This this and that. It, it, it seems like it's a lot more fun that way as opposed to you just joining a league and playing a bunch of random people. So. I think next year I'm going to have to jump on that. We might have to do a Skybox uh, Fantasy League. Oh, good for four, 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 four. Uh, Any final thoughts? Um, yeah, just, uh, just I'm ready to for us to be the team that ends this whole Dallas streak. Don't worry, football fans. Um, my Vikings are on alert. They are they're ready to just you know shut down the internet. That, that's that's what I'm gonna do. We're trying to shut down the internet this week by beating the Cowboys. That's it. <laughs> we, we just gotta be the team. That's that's all I'm. That's literally all I'm worried about. Is us beating Dallas? Well, good luck for y'all tomorrow. Y'all have a very tough task. Yeah, so I mean, you I got, don't you have got anything. anything. I'm gonna say I hope that my my skins better beat the shit out of Arizona. No close game. I want to blow out. And uh, we will be back next week. Of course, Mike, this has been the Skybox. You already know where to find us at. Come on now. We hear every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Tomorrow night, for all my music lovers, we have my check. They are actually doing a karaoke contest via uh, the karaoke app. 
listen to uh, Mic Check tomorrow night to get the details on that, or you go visit the Mic Check Facebook group. Uh, Friday night, you have Here's the Hellers. All shows start at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, anything else I want to add? Oh, no, I think that was it. Um, yeah, we, uh, those who do follow the Skybox on Facebook, be on the lookout for that mock draft. It's, it's interactive for those who think they want to participate, who are, who have done mock drafts, who play fantasy football, who play franchise mode on Madden. This is for you. Come out here, put your, do your best with the mock draft. See if, if your draft will be better than anyone from two sides of the story presents the skybox. This should be fun. It should be interesting. Please come out. We're looking forward to anyone who's willing to have partake in all my draw. Well, it's been real, y'all. It's been your boy Chills. Chills, coach, we out. Allah.